Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. D and Davis here in ChicagolandSportsRadio.com, 773-966-2494. But someone very near and dear to our hearts starting off here. Got a man, you can check him out writing for Basketball Society, and also he's the host of Scoop B Radio. One and only Brandon Robinson. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What have you been up to? Sleeping. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Sleeping, but um, no, I mean, Basketball Society, we've been running for about, well, they've been running for a while, but I joined them uh, in the March, early April, and uh, basically been running for a month. Um, Scoopy Radio's doing well. Too Mm -hmm. many downloads last year. Um, There you go. And honestly, just just working. That's okay. it. What's 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 the vibe right now in New York? Like what for sports wise? I mean, we we just talking about uh, Matt Harvey getting DFA a little bit, but at, what's the big sports thing that people in New York are the most concerned about right now? Well, I mean, I landed when the news dropped. Uh, David Fisdale is the new head coach of the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Love-hate relationship uh, that a coach has with uh, the Knicks uh, in that, you know, you, you want to – I think it's just a battle of do you hire former Nick? Mm-hmm. Um, they missed the boat with Patrick Ewing, uh, yep. who, who, mm. did, who did exceedingly yeah. well in our Georgetown this year. Yep. Uh, was Even became a, a, a gift meme. You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never seen you take that shot. Did you yeah. practice that yeah. shot? Yeah. Let me ask you this to stick with that. Sure. Uh, one of the guys a lot of people talked about, we know that Kenny Smith from TNT, but a former Nick, Mark Jackson, and as you said, uh, Davis Fitzdale. And with me, I don't know. I look at Fitzdale coming from the tree that he came from, and also you think about some of the problems that he had with Marcus Gasol when he wanted to kind of speed up things in Memphis, that with a player – like Porzingis, this could probably be beneficial. But I know a lot of people that are, are New Yorkers may have wanted Mark Jackson, but I kind of think about the offense that Golden State was running. What did most New York fans want? Who did they want to be the coach? I think, I think Mark and, and Kenny are, are New York favorites, mm-hmm. um, both by way of Queens and Brooklyn, respectively. But 
Um, I think they, the Knicks, they saw a flashy red toy. And, you know, David Fisdale is a guy that, you know, won two championships as an elite assistant with mm-hmm. Eric Spolster mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Miami Heat. And, uh, you know, I think Juwan Howard will be that next guy in the Ooh. next few years as well that will be highly coveted as the head coach. But um, Well, with Fisdale, they had to see the best chance at possibly uh, luring LeBron, right? Yeah, but I, I think that's a pipe dream. Yeah, that's yeah, a, it's a pipe it, dream. of course it yeah. is. But you, you, you got they—they're trying though. Yeah, but I think when 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 the, when Dolan, when Dolan is the problem, LeBron ain't coming. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. You know, and I think you know how he saw them treat one of his best friends and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I think LeBron is a relationship guy. I think Cleveland was the exception to the rule. Uh, mm-hmm. with their owner because LeBron is from Northeast Ohio by way of Akron, not too far from Cleveland. But I think in this Knicks case, you know, I think in, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think Philly is rolling out the red carpet. Um, and I think that, you know, or a, a stay in Cleveland, it all depends on what the what, what, what Cavs do in the, in the finals. Um, but I, I think Fizdale was the shiny red toy. And I think that um, I, uh, uh, one of Mark Jackson's former assistants called me uh, Thursday and asked me, you know, what do you think the chances are of, of Mark coming to, uh, to the Knicks? And I said, I think David Fisdale is the favorite. And it's so funny because when I landed, I turned on Twitter. You know, it takes a while before your, mm-hmm. your phone recalibrates. So Dave, and I saw it on the plane. David Fisdale uh, is new coach of the Knicks. And I text him. I said, see, I told you, the assistant who said it. And, um, you know, I, I think that one thing about Fisdale he'll be able to do is he'll be able to manage relationships. And I told him, I said, you know, these days it's about the uh, the coach that has a relationship with the player. Mm-hmm. And if you look at – and I told him, you look at – I look at Jason Kidd. Uh, he was basically able to ship Byron – get Byron Scott sent out of the nets and he rolled out Lawrence Frank. You know, and you saw a similarity mm. with Tyron Lue uh, when when David Blatt was sent out, and Tyron Lue became head coach of the Nets. I'm um, excuse me of the um, Cleveland Cavaliers. See yeah. what happens when you sleep all day. <laughs> um, but I but I think that you know when you look at David Fisdale, he comes in with a, with a highly respected, and also Knicks fans should look at the fact that if because Knicks love the past, Knicks fans love the past. He came out of the Pat Riley coaching tree. Pat Riley being a man in charge over in Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, David Fisdale is no punk. And uh, how's that for data? What do you like? Yeah, he, he, he should, be, he should yeah. be real good in that media market. I sure. think. He's already he a be. guy who could be a star. In, in Memphis, he started doing that. So in New York, you had to figure he's going to be really taken to that media market. That sounds good, but it all comes down to wins. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. What do you like to hire? I like it because I like David Fisdale. Um, I think I really well, take your take your likeness out of him. I mean, often I mean, do you I, like the move itself? It's a basketball move. Yeah, I like the basketball move, but I I I have reservations because I think New York can often ruin people. I was going to say that I don't think anybody can really win there right now. I think that mm-hmm. you know, I think that basically, um, New York ruined Mike D'Antoni. I was going to say D'Antoni, and I think. I don't think he's a bad guy, but I think it started out bad with that whole Marbury controversy, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm. and basically was he benching him or he wasn't. I think that, but I also think that, and you'll like this because you guys are Chicago, I think the Knicks benefited <laughs> a lot, or Dantone, or the Knicks benefited a lot from what mm-hmm. Isaiah picked up as far as players. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't gel mm-hmm. it all together. Mm-hmm. He, he, he made a lot of moves to get a lot of guys that are household names now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I to, to go back to your initial question, um, 
I, I, I think that the Knicks have a lot of work to do as far as personnel. You know, will they resign Beasley? Will they keep Beasley? You know, the health of 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 uh, Porzingis will that will that help or, or benefit? You know, when will he come back? And that was a gruesome injury. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, I like Courtney Lee. I think Wiley. He 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 um he's solid. He doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look at um. <clears throat> I look at, you know, what they're going to do at the point guard position. Do they keep Jared Jack? I think he was a spark for them and was consistent. And then, you know, you look at Frank Nilakina. You know, the people compare Mm -hmm. him to um, Chris Paul. You know, I I like him. Mm -hmm. Young guy, Mm -hmm. uh, coachable, very friendly. Okay. Um, But but as far as his play, like early in the season, you know, he, he wasn't, I think towards the end of the season, he was more, more he was more beneficial to that team, um, and then you know, like I said, Beasley. I, I think Fizdale and Beasley would get along very well, particularly because I think Fizz was an assistant when Beasley was my Yeah, do um, Fizz smoker. I was just gonna say, he does he smoke? That's, that's <laughs> all I can see that too, getting along smashingly. Like, what you got on it? You got that cookie? I, I, I have my people. Got that <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's got that edible. He okay. got that. <laughs> got that, that, that fire. <laughs> But um, no, nah, I mean, I, I think you know Fizdale. I mean, he's from LA. He might. Listen, man. But no, I, I I like Dave Fizdale because I think it comes down to I think um, like when you look at the Boston Celtics this season, right? Mm-hmm. You you guys thought the Gordon Hayward would be it, like him being out, and then you know Kyrie getting hurt mm-hmm. and being out. You would think that that would be the end. But you know when you watch them in the playoffs on paper, like. I remember reading something a while ago, like the Miami Heat. They they did a study on how much people like touch each other's shoulders or how much you know mm. they communicate and stuff. You see a lot of that touching mm. and communicating and just that camaraderie. So even when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward was out, those guys are still playing like they 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 want to be champions. And I think that when you look at Fizdale, I feel like that level of of just camaraderie, communication, and just something different is there. But I think also when you look at the Knicks, the Knicks can't be they 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 can't handle Fizdale like everybody else mm. because I think he's an analytics guy. The Knicks are usually very last in and how they go about mm. handling with analytics, and the Knicks are just very stuck in the 90s. Hmm. They have to allow, and I think that you started to see that open-mindedness with Jeff Hornacek, uh, who was Phil Jackson's guy. You know, he brought him in. But, you know, you, you got to kind of let them be. And you saw Dolan kind of doing that with Phil managing. And, of course, Phil was in a, a race he couldn't win um, because of Carmelo and just because I think Nick's, the Knicks brass got tired of him. Um, but I think, you know, I think in this space – you got to let Fizdale beat him because I'll tell you, David Blatt was really a, a, a high consideration, particularly because um, mm. of the Princeton ties that he has with with Steve Mills. <laughs> okay, um, but I think David Blatt was bruised um, yeah. by oh, what yeah. happened in Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think on one hand, uh, people that I people who are familiar with with the Cavs thinking before LeBron came back, um, you know, he, it was a cute pick to 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 coach Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. But then when LeBron came, you know, once LeBron kind of came in and steamrolled, LeBron has never really played for a head coach that was um, that really held him to a standard. Mm-hmm. And the only ch- kickback that he ever really got was in Miami when you know Pat Riley was not coming down from the box mm-hmm. and was not letting go of of uh, Spolstra. And you see Spolstra still there, mm-hmm. so that was Pat Riley's guy. You know, but I, I think with Fizdale, I think Fizdale has to be to, to, you have to allow him to be him. And I think to a point you said, Kyle, I think, you know, his personality is there, but the wind's got to be there, too. I, look, again, 
when I saw it come across that he got the job, I, f- I think out of the three guys, I think maybe even Jerry Stackhouse was under some consideration. I thought that he was the best pick offensively as for what they're doing in the NBA today. Mm-hmm. And also, Kenny making that jump from television the to booth. coaching. Yeah. I'd rather not be in a place like New York where it's just so hard to get it going. And, and home. Yeah. And that's the type of hit that sometimes, as you said, it can kill you. You may not come back from that on your resume. Like, that was your one job. They looked at it as maybe it was too much for you if you're Kenny Smith. And then looking at Mark Jackson, I just – I'm not the biggest Mark Jackson guy. I'm just not. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Do you give me any credit – do you give Mark Jackson – I'd love to throw this to you, Scoop, uh, as well. Do you give Mark Jackson any credit for yeah. getting for Golden State? Getting it started. Yeah, but so I mean, so. you still look at – he's still – he he was still stuck in the old ways of the NBA and didn't take advantage of the motion and the passing that really opened that team up. But yes, he's part of the foundation. I'd be lying if I didn't say that. Or maybe he could probably could have brought that to New York. Maybe I don't know. And, but then think about all the stuff, the problems that he had with. And I'm not saying it's all on him, but with Scalabrini, the owners. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. when we were talking about the Kawhi thing. We can make up any trade to where Kawhi is going now. But I don't know how Kawhi is going to think going forward. And if, if if there is a problem in San Antonio and some of it li- fault lies on him, I don't know if he's bringing that with him. I have to look at some of the stuff on Mark Jackson's resume and wonder, does he still think like that? Of course, you never know the whole story, but some of it has to be him. And will he take some of that to the next job or has he grown from it? So that's kind of my issue looking at him coming into coaching. And it'd be different too if I thought, like, damn, he was this great offensive guy. So I know I'm getting this. I don't even know what I'm getting enough for me to say, forget the past. I want you here with me. Scoop. The call that I got on Thursday from a former Jackson assistant, uh, <clears throat> he said to me that he can't shake that um, characterization of the things that went on in Golden State. And, and I think um, the person who called me said to me, it's almost like people are making extra calls to assassinate his character. Wow. And what I'll tell you is um, – aside from the issues that he had with Scalabrini, and since then, Scalabrini has come out and said, I think Mark Jackson would be a good hire. Scal's not a bad guy. Yeah. Um, got a chance to know Scal during his Nets days uh, and reconnected with him over the summer. But um, one thing I'll, I'll say about just that situation in Golden State, he and Jerry West didn't click. Mm. And Jerry West has a reputation for being mean. Yeah. Very mean. Mm. And, um, you know, that whole thing with Mark Jackson flying to L.A., he's also a pastor of a church. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, that did not um, sit well with Warriors ownership. And what I will also tell you, is that sometimes you can become bigger um, than the team. Um, and I'll I use a quick example. I went to a prep school. Uh, it was in, in northern New Jersey called Don Bosco Prep. Football school, guys like Ryan Grant came out of that school. Corey mm-hmm. Wooten played for the Bears, came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. We had a head coach uh, there named Greg Toll, legendary coach. Um, there's a lot of controversy at the school last year. Uh, he was let go. Um, and he became bigger than the school. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes you can overstay somewhere and your personality can be so grand that people ain't feeling you. And sometimes it, it runs on race. Sometimes it runs on um, just the power that you have within uh, a culture, particularly because Mark Jackson was so highly respected by Steph Curry, was mm-hmm. highly respected by Klay Thompson. Um, and, you know, a buddy of mine who played for the Warriors, Mark, uh, and Charles Jenkins, a uh, buddy I went to uh, Hofstra with, mm. they have nothing but respect for him. Like I, I, like I can tell you to post a locker room, they love Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I, the closest comparison that I can make um, is the Milwaukee Bucks and Jason Kidd. You saw how Giannis Antetokounmpo was running to kids' kids' defense to mm-hmm. keep them there. Um, Mark Jackson had that power. And sometimes when you have too much power within a locker room and you just a coach, you ain't owning near nothing, 
people ain't feeling that. Mm. And I think that just they fear him. And I think Mark Jackson coming to a Knicks situation, I don't think it's good. I look at a situation where he has to go into a made position, meaning like, okay, if Tyron Lue decides with his health he doesn't want to come back next season, um, he, he goes to Cleveland. You know, I'm with and, you. I'm with and, you and so I, you know, or a Milwaukee Bucks situation, but that's a Becky Hammond situation to win at this point. Um, but I, I think, mm. particularly because of what's going on with in, in, in the movement with women, it's a perfect splash for the NBA. You think she's she the favorite it. from in Milwaukee? I do. You know, hold on, yeah, we're gonna come back on, on the side of this break and continue our conversation with Scoop. We'll be right back. Yo, this is BC from Hope Magazine. Listen to my brothers and Ian Davis show. Chicago born and raised like myself on Chicago Land Sports Radio. Keep checking them out. D and Dave Show, ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. Got our main man in from NYC. Woo! And he cheating on his team down here. Got on all the bull stuff. Where your Nets gear at? (laughs) They not hot. They not hot. Not right now. I got some Nets stuff, but I wanted to show y'all love. Oh, we appreciate it. Yeah, man. We don't need your damn love. Um... You know what? Before we uh, went to break, you had brought up Becky Hammond. You said you think the Milwaukee Bucks job is 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 it, is it hers to lose? You feel that strong? I do, and it's funny because when I saw the reports, uh, I guess Woj wrote a story about it yesterday. I said, "Man, Woj is late." I was talking about that. I think I was talking on it on a radio show out in Syracuse like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I said that I think um, the Popovich tree is very strong. Um, you know, Budenholzer uh, is, mm-hmm. is a guy that's, you know, looking for employment. Mm-hmm. Um, Brown, uh, mm. they, they trusted the process out in Philly for for a few years. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out of the Popovich tree. I mean, even Avery Johnson. Jerry True. Stackhouse. Uh, no, J- Jerry Stackhouse came out of the Avery Johnson line of coaching. But, you know, it, it's Popovich line of coaching. I, I I often tell people. I hope this is not blasphemous to say in Chicago. You know, Greg Popovich is the modern day Phil Jackson. That's not. I just no. That's not enough. No. Phil uh, Jackson kind of. We you know. He's kind of made some mistakes when he's in New York, so we take him down a little bit, even though he's a great coach. No, right? but I'm 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 speaking more to just um, his his achievements both with the Chicago Bulls and with the LA Lakers. Let me ask you this question though: as a comp, and I'll give Pop more credit. If you look at their coaching trees, though, it's not even a contest. Phil Jackson, like, who was the great coach? I mean, I guess we could give Kerr props for that, even though he's off of Pop and uh, Phil Jackson, Jackson, you could say. But outside of that, like, who who has been a great coach that came from the Phil Jackson coaching? I think Phil Jackson grooms players, not coaches. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Exactly. So, so what do you you think puts Becky over the top that she can – get that job is it simply because of the climate they are in no, i don't uh, think it's just women no. I, I think it's the fact that she's actually a good coach yeah yeah um and i think that you know i think she definitely got her trial sermon if you will mm-hmm. um when she coached that san antonio spurs summer league team yep um, yeah didn't win a championship yeah championship championship uh, as fat joe would say not even Wee kirkland couldn't imagine this they didn't win the championship no but i i think not just that i mean the climate has a lot to do with it, mm-hmm. um, but not solely. Um, I, I, I'll tell you that um, Kathy Pondexter, uh, a Chicago product, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. had her on Scoopy Radio a couple weeks ago, and I said, I asked her, I said, you know, could you ever see yourself as a coach? Um, she said, you know, I haven't thought about it, but as my career is coming to an end, or I'm mm-hmm. waning towards the end, you know, she said, um, you know, she looks to people like Becky Hammond. She looks to people like um, Cheryl Swoop. She looks mm-hmm. to people like Cheryl Miller. She looks to all, like, 
honestly, aside from the climate that we're in, why can't a woman uh, do a quote unquote man's job? Like, yeah. Why can't it? But I think it took somebody tough as nails, um, like Becky, in order to do it. And, um, you know, you, you, you have to, people like Pat Summit paved the way. People yeah. like yeah. C. Vivian Stringer paved the way. Um, woman has always been cool. It's just now people have just now uh, figured that out. And um, I think Becky Hammond to be, you know, head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks um, would be great. I also said the point that, Basketball is the one sport I believe that you can have where men and women kind of look at themselves as one big family. I mean, the guys follow WNBA, the, the women obviously follow the NBA, you know what I'm saying? You have that. Even going back to, I don't know if y'all watched the episode of um, uh, KG's uh, show. Um, Area 21. Yeah, 21. We had an all-female uh, uh, bench uh, uh, players on there. And it was like, listen, he was more into it. And KG's a very intense guy no, already. No, no. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Very intense. This uh, he, he's only, he's only doubted him out a little bit since he's been on TV. But he was throwing out their stats and the love of their game just as much as anybody else's. Not saying that the WNBA is it's, it's not that popular here in America, but I think when you look at uh, men and women basketball players, they kind of look at themselves in the same kind of a tribe, and sure. it's no reason why a woman can go right in there who's she will get the respect and she'll be able to coach those she guys. She commands it, and I also think. Um When you look at the NBA this season, um, you, you've seen Sarah Kustak, the Paul product. Yeah. Um, she's uh, stepped into the analyst booth uh, with my mentor, Iron Eagle, over at Yes Network. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first, you know, Doris Burke paved the way. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, even my homegirl, Roz Golden Wude. Um, mm-hmm. She, you know, she played the game, has the mutual respect of the players. Um you know, and slid over to Turner uh, this year. But I, I think just the role of women in the NBA, I think, you know, I think um, the NBA gets it. And I don't think it's forced. I think it's just a natural progression. Um, you know, and I think the NBA has a chance um, to surpass in popularity uh, the NFL, um, particularly just because of, Race relations right now. Not if they don't kneel this year. Um, <laughs> I think the damage, get up, get up, get up, get up, I, get up, get out, and get something. Right. <laughs> I think I think the damage has been done, mm-hmm. and particularly when you have uh, the president of the United States tweeting about it. You know, there's enough people that are in his base that support that that level of thinking. Um, you know, that's a problem. You know, going after Papa John's, but I also think the president. You know, his failed attempts with the USFL. Um, I, know, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's yeah. part of it. He's trying to get him back, but um, nah, I think um, stick to politics. But I think that uh, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, though, I I think the every every major league has had its had its had its turn. You mm-hmm. know, I think you know Major League Baseball was America's game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think NFL was America's game. Well, I can't basketball. I mean, look at it right now. Today's the day of the Derby. At one point, horse racing was. The- the game of the day, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think the NBA has 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 mastered uh, the digital space, um, and has kind of taken some plays out of uh, the WWE's book, where you know the storyline is as important as the as the game. And some may say people spend more time on microphone than they do actually running S's and O's. Mm. So I think that that storyline is is something that um, they 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 they've taken pages out of Vince McMahon's book. It's and entertainment, also- y'all. It's only entertainment. It's entertainment. <laughs> it's entertainment, y'all. Look, going to the playoffs, and you mentioned 
Philadelphia is perhaps being a destination or LeBron staying in, in Cleveland. Is there is there another location? I still think about something like Houston being a place that maybe he'd go. But what, you don't think he'd go to the West Coast? Like, what are your thoughts on what would take place with LeBron? Well, it's funny because, um, you know, you, you look at this story that Howard Beck over at Bleach Report wrote last year. Mm-hmm. When LeBron basically, LeBron always tells you what he's doing before he does, he does it. Yes. And then y'all look at him like he's crazy. Um, but I, I think um, Philadelphia um, is fits in right away for a couple of years. Okay. Um, I, I think long term, Paul George would be a better fit in Philly. Yes. Why do you think that? Um, because I think Paul George has to play with a bunch of guys, not just be the guy. Hmm. Um, and I used that Vince Carter analogy where he left Toronto mm-hmm. and then, you know, came to the Nets with Jay Kidd and Richard mm-hmm. Jefferson. It was one of the guys and that carried over Kenyon in Orlando, Lardin. Memphis. Well, Kenyon wasn't there. But he went in? No. Oh, okay. The Nets basically got Vince Carter to make up for uh, Kenyon Martin being gone. Mm-hmm. But they could never, they had, the Nets had that small two-year window. Mm-hmm. And San, totally. And that San Antonio matchup was the, birth, the best chance to get a ring. And, yeah. You know, that didn't happen um but i i think that uh to your question about lebron i think uh philadelphia is a good spot uh but lebron going places it's usually after year two uh he begins to weigh on people and the thing that i fear with philadelphia is joel Embiid is already in love with that jumper he's going to become a chris paul or or a kevin love not cause havoc down low anymore Mm. Because the jumper is sexier. Um, but I think the attention that the Sixers will get, you know, Miami, or excuse me, um, C- Cleveland and, and Philly is, is not that far of a ride from each other on a plane. So you can see his family. Mm. I think L.A., um, I, I, I liked L.A. As a, as a destination earlier in the season um, because it's not so much the Lonzo Ball uh, connection that I'm intrigued with. I'm more intrigued with the Brandon Ingram um, and the Julius Randle. And, you know, whether they re-signed um, Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Because LeBron, I think, would flourish with a Brooke Lopez the same way he did playing with Zajunas. Yeah. Early in his career. You know, Zajunas followed him, followed him in Miami. Uh, but I think Brandon Ingram has the chance to be, uh, in the next couple of years, if he plays with LeBron, a KD Jr. Real hmm. quick, we're going to do an update with Sidney Brown here on Chicago Land Sports Radio. The and Davis Show, ChicagolandSportsRadio.com, 773-966-2494 is the number. We have our main guy, Brandon Robinson. Follow him on Twitter, at Scoop B, host of Scoop B Radio. Doing his thing out here in Chicago. Boy, you brought the weather with you. It is beautiful this weekend. Man, you are lucky. Yeah. It's going to be 50 degrees Monday. It's crazy because when I left home, um, it was cold as heaven. I went to I went on vacation for a week. I went to Tampa, Florida. And uh, when Lucky. I flew back home, I'm blessed. When I when <laughs> there I, you go. When I when I got back, I was like, "Yo, it's hot as heaven." Yeah. And uh, this weather is nice. Like it's 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 you know, it's great single de crazy weather. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> nice. right. Yes. Yeah, you called you called a good you had a, a good weekend this weekend. Yes. Um, trying to see anywhere. Else. Oh, you said we were talking about Philadelphia. I was in in LeBron James talking about uh, possibly L.A. I'm still in a boat, man. He's probably going to stay in Cleveland. Am I wrong to think that? I mean, what's the what's the probabilities of this, I mean, of this I, guy I think leaving? LeBron makes decisions based upon uh, what um, the league is doing and whether he won a championship the previous year. Like, like I look at Miami. Had they beaten uh, the Spurs 
before decision part two. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance he could have stayed, you mm-hmm. know, in, in Miami. But I also think there were other things going on, like with he and Pat Riley. And, yeah, uh, someone bad. Yeah, but I think um, in this situation with the Cavs, I think it depends on championship and, you know, what they do uh, with their roster uh, the following season, you know. The fact that Kobe Altman was able, GM of the Cavs, was able to uh, execute uh, the trade to bring in mm-hmm. another pieces that he brought in, uh, Ronnie Hood, uh, George Hill, and and also um, Larry Nance Jr. Jordan and, Clarkson. And, and Jordan Clarkson. Um, I think the Jordan Clarkson uh, experiment, I think, is something that's, that's – he's, he's had the least amount of adjustments to be made having played against – played with both Kobe Bryant and then shifting over to Cleveland. Um, the only difference is I think LeBron is a lot more ball dominant uh, and initiating the offense uh, that uh, the Cavs run. But I think um, I think the Cavs are a good option um, in the long term. He's, he's more towards the end of his career than the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that if he were to go somewhere else, Philadelphia's window um, is approaching. Yeah. But I also think this offseason, what Le- what move LeBron makes is predicated upon, firstly, what Kawhi Leonard does. Um, because, you know, every person that I speak to, Boston is the, is the, is the, is the place to be. Um, he literally sees green. And, uh, <laughs> you know, from a branding perspective, um, he's letting the big dogs talk for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's smart. And I think that, you know, what, what the Cavs do, or rather what LeBron does, is predicated upon what um, Kawhi does. You know what? Keep that. We're gonna because we did some Kawhi discussion. You've been somewhat there into the ground. Let's jump into that and then switch over to us some more of the West Coast playoffs. We'll be right back with Scoop B here with Dean Davis. What's the word? It's your boy Fillmore Green, and you're now tuned into the Dean Davis Show Sports Live. Get in tune. How? D and Davis show in our last segment with our boy Scoop B. Make sure you check out Scoop B Radio and also Basketball Society where he writes. Yes, yes. Just telling us about the dealings, but you can't find out. You just have to <laughs> you gotta wait. You gotta be patient. You gotta yeah. be patient. But look, I want to jump into the Kawhi situation yeah. because as you as you mentioned, that's really going to be one of the deciding factors in the NBA, not just LeBron this offseason. And one of the discussions we were talking earlier, and you were talking about letting the big dogs do the talking. There have been some some reports about Kawhi's uncle and his agent. He had two, one of them left, and how the Spurs haven't been as comfortable with dealing with them as they were with his other agent who was closer to the Spurs organization. So starting with that, from, from the Spurs' side of this, is this a Kawhi thing because the Spurs really didn't hook him, out with, hook him up with the best specialist, or is this... Is this something that was maybe brewing anyway because maybe he just didn't want to be the next Tim Duncan as the company man with the Spurs? I think as classy as an organization that the Spurs have been, I don't think that they've made the adjustment to deal with today's athlete because they haven't had to. Yep. Um, And I think that they got (laughs) the first taste of it, uh, pause, when LaMarcus Aldridge and Greg Popovich – had it out last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that they mended it because LaMarcus is, comes from a, not to say Kawhi doesn't, comes from a good family, comes from Texas, big on, on respect, big on, you know, the man in charge says it is right, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think, again, it goes back to the point I made about being bigger than the franchise. 
you know, Popovich has had the advantage of basically being like a college coach where the, the, the head coach is the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is an NBA Finals MVP and arguably everything Richard Jefferson was supposed to be, mm. both defensively and offensively. Mm, that's a good one. And I think that... Um, you I got to put the Nets in there somehow. I got you. Course, I got you. Of course. But I, yeah, but I think at the end of the day, I think um, Kawhi is friends with Jalen Rose. Kawhi is friends with Steven Jackson. He's quiet by nature. He's letting them do all the talking, and it's working. Okay. And, I, sure and, and I think it's not about who the Spurs and R.C. Buford are comfortable with. It's about the player, and I think LeBron changed that whole factor of the player having the last word and thanks to Kurt Flood, you know, the yes. free agency. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I think I think uh Kawhi is is going about it the right way. Get get them checks. Yeah, but is this something so let's go let's take it a step back. I want to take it a step back. Let's say if Kawhi was healthy this season, it was this still an issue where Kawhi's thinking, I want to do something different with my career, or is this from the handling that's taking place this season, do you think? Both, because I think um, when you looked at Kawhi Leonard and, and what he did earlier in the season, um, hamstring-wise, you know, Tony Parker made the, the, the analogy, well, I had an injury that was worse than him. Mm-hmm. He's speaking for Pop. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yeah, he yeah. and Pop have that relationship. Um, I think that what Kawhi Leonard did is no different than what um, – a player that's getting ready to play for a bowl game does and sits out, or what a player on a college team does and he sits for a bowl game. Jabril Peppers did it with Michigan, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know the NFL draft is passed uh, and had a bunch of players on. And I talked to one player, I think from Alabama, who Christian McCaffrey out. did. It. Yeah, yeah. Leonard Fournette. So yeah. I, I think what yep. Kawhi is doing is he's setting himself up for the following year, mm. and so that's why when you look at the playoffs right now and you see the Celtics. And, you know, the Sixers dueling it out. Could you imagine LeBron playing on both teams? That wouldn't be a 2-0 series right now. It, it, it And I think that series would go seven games. I think it still could go seven games, by the way. Because mm. um, that Philadelphia crowd is, is, is like none other. You, you guys, if you come out each, you got, we got to go to a Wells Fargo game. Okay. Wells Fargo's arena. But, yeah, I, I think when you look at, you know, what LeBron and Kawhi Leonard brings to their respective teams, could you imagine them playing on both teams? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, um, when you look at what Kawhi Leonard is doing, I think him being quiet is great because you can only assume that's what he's thinking. You don't know. If, if As far as now, let's just say there's a situation with him going, having to be traded, what assets do you think Boston should give up? We kind of had the discussion about Brown and Tatum, and would you trade both of them? What, what do you think is the best case scenario for the Spurs and for Boston as far as trying to hold on to talent and acquire Kawhi, but also what the Spurs would want for, to replace Don't do it, Danny. I think that if the if the, if the Celtics hold on to anything, they need to hold on to Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Why? Dude, that Because I said this stud, earlier. We, we, we had this discussion, and I said who has the, the highest ceiling. Because he proved it in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And he's doing it now. He's he's, he's baby Willis Reed, you know. I, <laughs> but, at the, right. but at the same yeah. time, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum to me, um, is still evolving, and I think that's a great piece for the Spurs to start with. Okay, assuming Pop comes back and and wants to coach, mm-hmm. uh, but that's I think ATR Messina is still mm-hmm. a, a, a still a, a gem for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you know when you when you look at what, I mean, 
these guys are basically playing for their next contract. You look at Terry Rozier and what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like uh, Kyrie Irving is, is giving everybody the lob, even sitting down, even forcing a trade out of Cleveland. He's helping LeBron be the star again. <laughs> you know, and then when you look at the Celtics and Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum doing well, you know, it, it just seems like um, those pieces are falling into place because Kyrie got his deal already. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take it out west uh, to the playoffs, man. Uh, you got Houston uh, being able to take one up over uh, Utah. They two and one. You got Golden State dropping one into the Pelicans. But uh, man, what do you think about the West so far? Is it still going to come down just to Golden State and Houston? Yeah, Shook Knight told told the judge that Houston was going to the finals. Y'all heard about that? Mm-mm. No. When the guy, when he was in court, the judge gave him his court date, his next court date, and he said, "Oh, that's around the NBA finals. I don't know." He said, "Hey, Shook, who do you think's going to the finals?" <laughs> Shook said, "Houston." Because they wear red. I, I know, don't right? See it. I'm going with GSW. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shook Knight, going blind. <laughs> They watch. They watch. Uh, they got nothing else to do. Jail. They got nothing else to do. He blind though, right? Sugar, I apologize on his behalf. He, he can, put he some can money hear your books. He can, hear- <laughs> <laughs> he can hear what's going on. <laughs> but you like. But you like Houston, or you, you still thinking Jazz? They don't be man. singing in all the videos. No, I mean election. You know, I think people want to find a reason. Um, to write off the Warriors. And I think the thing about the Warriors that has genuinely impressed me throughout the course of the season is they've done it off and on yep. uh, without the play of said Steph Curry, um, you know, Draymond. All four of them were out, were yeah, out at one point. Yeah, yeah, Clay was out, yeah. You know, and, there, and there is just something about a team that can hold it together with the, in the absence of their um, superstar. Yeah. Um, that impresses me. I mean, and but the thing is, Houston did it without Chris Paul. Yeah. You know, so it's like I think the thing about Houston to me that stands out particularly this season is they're not just an offensive juggernaut. If I'm not I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I know in the regular season they were in the top ten uh in defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that the the, the difference maker uh, for the Rockets this season has been the play of Clint Capella. Yeah, Capella, um, yeah. and I think that Clint Capella, um I mean, I don't know how close y'all been paying attention, but um, you know, he's been putting up at some points Hakeem Olajuwon stats. To the point of, I wrote the blocks account. and stuff. Not just that. I think I, I was reading something, um, or I wrote something, and I applied it to an article I was writing over at Basketball Society. Uh, I said that um, Clint Capella, as a big man, put up a stat where it was like I think the last time it was done by Hakeem Olajuwon was on Valentine's Day in 1986, where he put up like 20, 20, and something else. I can't remember exactly what it was, but like. He quietly is putting up monstrous numbers for them in addition to whatever else James Harden and and, and Chris Paul are doing. And I also think a a healthy Eric Gordon has helped. And if Trevor Ariza can be half the defensive stopper that he was in L.A., um, I I think that series – would have to go eight games because <laughs> I'm joking, but at the end of the day, like that that matchup is 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 going to be um, yeah. something, and I think that um, KD came into his own in the finals last year, and ain't nobody telling him. Mm-hmm. What Kanye say? You can't tell me nothing. Mm-hmm. That 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 to me, I think the matchup with with uh, the 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 
the uh, Rockets and the Warriors is 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 going to be pandemonium. It's going to make me really feel like uh, ninety four NBA on NBC. All over again. The, I, I, I can probably say that's the NBA Finals right there because I think either one of them teams coming out is going to beat whoever come out to East. Um, I think so. I think they. I, I agree with you. I don't think they would have as an easy chance against Cleveland as I, uh, Houston would as GSW would. GSW. Did you you want to say something? Uh, I want to ask you about Oklahoma City. It looks like Paul George may leave, and Carmelo Anthony has a player option for twenty eight million million dollars, which he's going to pick up for next year. Do you think that head coach Billy Donovan should be fired? No. Okay. You. Only the reason why I say yes because Russell Westbrook and I was watching something on Fox Sports. Jim Jackson, former NBA player, who's an analyst over there now, he said that Russell Westbrook hasn't properly been coaching, which I agree with him. I think it's, it's something that is not getting to Russ, and I like Russ personally, but it's just something about the coaching that has hasn't been there for him to let him do what he wants. It started with Scott Brooks. We we've, we've been on this program harboring on think, him for years, I don't but think they should have got rid of Scott Brooks. Oh really? Yeah. No. Okay. I don't, and I think that. I think Scott Brooks, um, it all started even before. Uh, I, I think, honestly, um, ever since you let go of two superstars. Um, that was you, the problem. You, you, that's where it starts. It wasn't Scott Brooks' fault. Yeah. It was management's fault. I agree because I wouldn't have signed uh, Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. I would have signed uh, Harden in his heartbeat. What, what's, what's Serge Ibaka doing in the playoffs now? Serge, Nothing. Serge, Nothing. Serge stuff. You know, I mean, but what is Jonas Valanciunas doing either? I mean, missing open shots. Listen, we, he's getting on his Charles Smith. We we talked about <laughs> we, I said that earlier. Blocked by yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Blocked by Jordan. Jordan. Come on, yeah. man. We talked about that earlier today, talking about how LeBron James is just like mentally just erase Toronto. But I'll say this. You know that um, YG and Nipsey Russell song about Trump? Yeah, FDT. Yeah, I feel like that about Scott Brooks, though. I do. Bump uh, Scott Brooks. <laughs> He's not special. I mean, because I, I agree with you. I still say this, and it's funny that people forget. Harden used to run the point basically in the fourth quarter. And I was like, you basically had the proper setup with those three stars in Harden, Durant, and Westbrook. Mm -hmm. And you sat there. And Harden was still going to accept coming off the bench just for 5 to $10 million more. And you thought Serge Ibaka really mattered that much. And it's still the fact that all three of them are MVPs now after Harden gets his this year. And you squandered that. I can't put that on Scott Brooks. But even going with Washington... I still feel like as a former point guard, and it could be on the players, that he's not evolving the players that he's coaching. Well, I think with the Scott Brooks uh, portion of it, um, I think that John Wall and Russell Westbrook do what they want. Mm -hmm. And so when you have guys like that and say not a – John Stockton or Jason Kidd. I mean, Jason Kidd did what he wanted to, but I think when when you have guys who, and I'll throw Steve Francis in that in that pot as well. I think that when you have a, a former point guard coaching point guards, mm -hmm. um, it, it it just doesn't work. But I think the thing with Washington is, I think this season the Washington Wizards kind of had like a Jeremy Lin, Carmelo Anthony thing going on, mm. where you had you know like for example when when Milo wasn't playing, Jeremy Lin played well. When Jeremy Lin wasn't playing, Melo did his thing. Mm -hmm. And you look at Bradley Beal and, mm -hmm. and John Wall, it was the same thing. And I think that, you know, John Wall um, and, the, and the Washington Rest, oh, excuse me, the Washington Wizards ran into Toronto actually being better this season when I thought that they were going to be in a position 
at least as a top three. Mm. They sunk to the bottom, and a lot of it had to do with Wall's injuries. And I also think it comes yeah. down to people really not knowing who is the star of that team and who runs it. I think it's it's too they're too lax. Before say before we get up out of here, you have one. Yeah, it's not a it's a football question. Oh, okay. No, real quick. Uh, you rocking the Bulls jersey? I mean, not jersey, but you know, send the pullover. The pullover. Uh, what do you think about our bullies? And also, too, who you got coming out the NBA draft number one? Um, I think you need to get rid of Fred Hoiberg. Whoa! We getting that Scott Brooks all that love, hey? Right? <laughs> Damn. Um, I think that the Bulls are rebuilding, and I don't, and I like their rebuilding process. I think sometimes you got a wolf in order to get that that smooth afro you want, <laughs> and I think that you know the Bulls. Um, I, I wouldn't have hired Hoiberg as coach from the beginning. I I, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm with you with that. I can give you last year. It started to bear some fruit, but I agree with you. Initially, he wouldn't have been my guy. No, but I like the relate. I like what Dwayne Wade did in true Chicago fashion. He got to move home, be smooth, go to Cleveland, and then go back home to Miami. Yeah, slick. Yeah. Um, first pick in the draft. DeAndre I mean, Aiden, man. I mean, I think DeAndre Aiden is the guy that's the most popular. I think, but sometimes I think guys can slip down depending on what they do in the, in the combine. So right now, Adrian Aiden is the popular pick. We'll see what happens. Uh, let me ask you this real quick: with the Giants, a mistake? Not to say Saquon Barkley is a mistake, oh, yeah. but not looking to replace Eli is it, it, was that a mistake in this past y- draft? Yeah, I, I think um, I was I was disappointed that the Browns didn't pick up Saquon Barkley. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, mm-hmm. Saquon coming home is a great seller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think the the Giants are going to fix what they didn't do last year. And it all started with the OBJ injury in the preseason against the Browns, the irony. Mm. Um, I watched that game and I was like, why is he still out there mm. on the field? But I think uh, the thing that the Giants missed was a viable running game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they also should have gotten another wide receiver um, because I think the Giants were blessed to have um, two viable wide receivers early in OBJ's career. Mm. And uh, one is no longer there. Mm-hmm. And I just think that um, – just stop doing all the talking. I think that, and I also think coaching messed up the Giants last year a lot. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. They're gonna sign Dance Bryant. Dance Bryant. They're gonna get Eli one more run. Had Let's Carl go. Banks, former Giant, on uh, Scoopy Radio uh, the other day, and he told me he didn't think it was gonna happen because they're both alpha males. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that certain alpha males can do it. Look at Wade and LeBron and, and, and the basketball side of things. So. Yeah. Look, make sure you check out Scooby's articles for Basketball Society. And if you do not subscribe to uh, Scooby Radio, subscribe to it right now. Subscribe. We always appreciate it, brother. Thank you, Thank brother. You for always being. Let me on. Do uh, me. Yes. yes. Those doors are open for you anytime. Anytime, you bro. We got to come and check you out in NY. But uh, definitely have a great time and a safe trip back home. Man. Of course. So, look, uh, make sure you check out Sydney on deck. Who's your guest? Uh, we're going to have Brian Johansson of NFLDraftGeek.com. He's going to uh, review the draft with us, and we're going to have your playoff basketball talk and previews of tonight's games, and we're going to get into some baseball as well. That's coming up right here on CSR. All right. We will be back next week, and make sure you check out Dean Davis to flip and also get some of that gear we got out there right now. That's right. We gone. Keep your hands to yourself. Deuce. <laughs> Road damn tide. That's all I can say is road tide. Bye. That was the Dean Davis Show, only on Chicago Land Sports Radio. That's how. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 